so let's do our track sync. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've done this. Um, it really has. And on top of that, I have a whole new tabletop role-playing game since the last time. It's not published yet, but... Oh, shit. It's that uh, Gundam-themed one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty much there, I think. It needs some playtesting, uh, which I'll figure out when to do that eventually. But beyond just the playtesting, I think it probably needs some refinement from there. And then I'll be able to put that up. I guess I could just put it up on playtested on itch. But like, uh, I don't know. There's some stuff I want to change about it already. A-B-P-T is what I've always been saying. Um, y- yes, right up until you also do then very much need to publish, because there's a TTRPG Kickstarter for a PBTA game that I've been waiting on since <laughs> 2019, 2018. <laughs> and it's a lot of not being able to pull the trigger on what was, quite frankly, already a well-made playable game. Yeah, that's fair. But, you know, I also understand as a designer the need to make it perfect and the need to sort of end up... You you do end up micromanaging little aspects of it and, like, honing in on the edit in a really weird way where you, like, have to go through six or seven drafts between the, like, very clinical language to the very setting-appropriate and tonal language, and then you need to pull it back, back, a little bit because you've overcorrected fairly significantly and it now is too flowery for any human to understand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's fair, yeah. And then you bring it back. Um, And eventually, after like six or seven rounds of zeroing in, you find that sweet spot and it's ready to publish. Or you just do what I do and don't edit. Um, That's a lie. I edit and proofread and I, I do my drafting as I go, which is weird. I don't very often change sentences between drafts. I get that. But, like... I do that a lot, too, when I write. If I'm going to change something, I'll like, it, it's getting removed whole cloth rather than being rewritten to... That's not true. I do... I, editing is weird. Um, mm-hmm. My primary yeah. writing focus lately has been on fanfic. So, like... Editing is particularly weird in that realm. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, okay, so we have 15, 20... Uh, you, your time is not 15 right now. Your time is what? Like Not yet, not yet. <laughs> so let's let's clap at 45, at 45 seconds. Not 45 okay. minutes, 45 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's, just, let's just fuck around for another 18 <laughs> minutes and then we'll clap. You have to pay careful careful attention. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I totally missed that. Okay, at the top of the minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's very funny. <laughs> As you were saying, we have to pay careful attention. <laughs> um so just for the listener's sake, um I have been fairly sick over the last week. And as a result, we are, I think this might be our one of our first, now we've done Monday recordings before we're unprofessional like that. Um, yeah. But um, my throat is a little bit fucked up from all of the 
various things that I have had going the wrong way out of my throat. Mm. Um, so I, my voice is a little scratchy and not as dynamic today. I apologize for my altered dynamic range <laughs> and my weird sort of almost valley girl creak. It's a lot of vocal fry today. Um, vocal fry. Uh, third favorite kind of fry after JoJo's and smile fries. <laughs> yeah. uh, not even, not even poutine. I mean, okay. So here's the thing: you can make poutine with any kind of fry. Uh, I that's would, fair. I would say probably you don't want to do it with smile fries, just because the aesthetics aren't great. Mm, yeah. What about curly fries? I feel like... So here's the thing about curly fries. Half the time, because of the way that they are cut, you get fries that just aren't crispy. So they're already a little bit soggy and slightly undercooked. Yeah, I love those ones. But that's... So the thing is, you need a good crisp fry for a poutine. Okay. Because otherwise, it doesn't hold up to the assault of the gravy and the melty cheese. Yeah, that's fair. So the, you need the crispness for the contrast of texture. Otherwise, it's all soft, and you may as well be eating English food. <laughs> you never want to eat English food. It's relative. They got a couple of things that they are, They do. Admittedly, like... A smack barn pee wet. A what? A smack barn pee wet. Hey, cat. Yeah? Is this a kink thing? No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Okay, so a s- <laughs> we'll break this down. <laughs> a, s- <laughs> a smack is a fried and a battered and fried potato that you can sometimes get at a chip shop. Um, I think. Uh, don't quote me on that because every time I've googled it, the results are inconclusive. <laughs> um, and so a smack is a smack simple as actually i think this might be a northern thing um it is almost assuredly a northern thing now that i think about it let me make sure that i know where things are in yeah this is a northern thing okay so smack is a fried and a battered and fried piece of potato a barm is sort of like a soft it's it's a british burger bun like you know like a supermarket burger bun yeah it's like that, but English. Okay. So I'll allow it. A, a smack barm is you get your you get your battered and fried potato. You get that put on a buttered roll, and then you get your pee wet. <laughs> and pee wet is the liquid from the top of mushy peas oh, that's drizzled God. on top of. <laughs> it's drizzled oh. on top of your smack, and then enclosed within the barm. Oh, that sounds vile. <laughs> it's, according to one gentleman, as good as gravy. That's not like a high bar. Like, gravy's good, but like... Would you prefer, then, instead, a pie barm? <sighs> Is that where you put a pie in a bun? You put a pie in a barm. A, a okay. meat pie, very specifically. Uh, that can be with or without the pee wet. <sighs> Why would they call it pee wet? Because it's the wet part of peas. 
Also, <sighs> very importantly, it is spelled P-E-Y. Why? England was a mistake. Now, uh, this is very, 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 very regionally specific. Like, it's a Wigan thing only, so you do have to actually just go to Wigan for this. Fair. You can't blame Wigan on the rest of England. Ah, uh, I mean, that's fair, I suppose. And, like, I, I'll also point out that the, um, a, a, a smack, just the smack itself, the smack barm, a smack barm peewet costs 80p. So it's like an, it, it's like a $1 sandwich, you know? Like, uh-huh. you're, you're not yeah. paying a lot of money for this, which is why it's great. Oh, oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh my god. Oh shit. Oh fuck. That looks awful. That looks truly unholy. That looks delicious. I don't know what you're talking about. Cat, are you sure you did just that's not just a picture you took of an aftermath this weekend? Um y- yes, because it's been different colors. <laughs> Okay. No, it's 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 good. It I mean, okay. So like, the thing that gets people and puts most people off is the concept of the pee wet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, it looks horrible. It looks minging, right? <laughs> but like, have you ever had bushy peas? No, I've had split pea soup. Is that similar? Uh, not really. Okay. It's basically like you um, boil some garden peas. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could probably take like some take a bunch of frozen peas and then boil them such that they turn mushy and turn the liquid into like a pea broth. <laughs> Isn't it helping the case? Is it? No, it's really not. It all sounds very English. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's... Let's just horrifically overcook something until it's a a new thing. Uh-huh. Now, here's and... the thing, though, because when, when I used to visit family in England, they'd all be like, oh, let's go to the chippy. I don't eat fish. Mm-hmm. So my options at the chippy were very limited. That's fair. So I got used to enjoying the mushy peas because it was the only thing that I was able to eat. Like... Okay. It was that, and um, they do do a thing at some chip shops, depending on where you are. This is, this was in Surrey, so like we were getting, I did did get a fried and battered sausage, which, quite frankly, delicious. That does sound pretty good. Is the reason you didn't eat fish your dad having fish for breakfast? No, the reason I don't eat fish and never ate fish is because of the smell and the texture being sensory nightmares for me that's fair i don't blame you i I guess also the taste i just don't like the taste of fish which i think is probably one of the more reasonable reasons not to eat something is i don't like it yeah i mean (laughs) like few reasons are more valid it's true Okay, let's talk about this movie for a little bit before we, we get too do deep into English food. Yeah, so um, we watched Dave, Dave Made, Made a, Maze. a Maze. Right off the bat, I have an issue with this movie. Um, okay, hit me with it. Dave Made a Maze sucks to say. Okay, I thought it was going to be that Dave made a labyrinth, not a maze. No, because he, did not he made a, a labyrinth. labyrinth, he did not make a maze. 
There was a maze uh, inside the labyrinth. That's true. Um, <clears throat> no, my issue is Dave made a maze sucks to say. It should have been Dave built a maze. That's much better to say. Dave made a maze. Dave built a maze. I I don't know that I agree with that. This is our really? first ever oh, Unsound Theories disagreement. <laughs> We've never disagreed on anything before. <laughs> We're going to have to bring the court into session. We've disagreed okay. on a movie. Okay. 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 Uh, Taco is here. He'll, he'll act as judge. I, I just think that that three A sounds in a row, I don't, I don't love it. It's four A sounds in a row, though, eh? No, Dave did not make a maze. Dave made a maze. I guess if you say it like that. Dave made a maze. <laughs> Dave made a maze. Dave made a maze. Hi, I'm Dave <laughs> made a maze. Dave made a maze, owner of the Made a Maze Maze Making Corporation. We make your... <laughs> it's like Build-A-Bear, but you, you go and you make your own maze. Uh, he shows up. And he mysteriously, he'll, he'll go into your backyard, he'll till the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then he plants corn strategically. Oh, shit. And by the time, like, late summer, early autumn rolls around, baby, you got a maze. <laughs> Custom maze, all for yourself, designed specifically to fit within the confines of your backyard. Brought to you by the Made a Maze Corporation and me, Dave Made a Maze. You know what I think is really uh, incredible about Dave Made a Maze? Is that he doesn't plant the corn in the shape of a maze. He plants it fully uniform. But somehow he knows which seeds will germinate and which won't. So that it grows as a maze. Huh. Okay. That's fascinating. What a what a professional that Dave made a maze is. He, he also, knows his shit. going back to made a maze, it does sound like a child who can't say mayonnaise yet. So they say made a maze. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so this movie was actually quite enjoyable. I think it was. It had its fun aspects. It also had aspects where it definitely could have used less of itself. Yes, uh, I I don't disagree. Um, it, this very much. The weird thing is, if it's a 2019 movie or something like that, 2017, 2017, yeah, it feels like a quarantine movie. It does a little bit. It has the vibes of a quarantine movie, which is what like or like you know early 2021 where people are still emerging from whatever social isolation they observed. Yeah. And someone like Dave made a maze has to face going back to reality and doesn't. So he builds a cardboard labyrinth that is magical and populated with a minotaur played by uh, the professional wrestler stroke actor stroke survivor contestant, <laughs> formerly known as John Morris and currently known as Johnny TV. Amazing. Incredible. Uh, this movie what a also had a decision. It, it was a this good casting had... decision. Okay, I need to talk to you about something that okay. I don't know if you experienced with this movie, but it involves a casting decision, kind of. Was it casting the person from Criminal Minds? No. Okay. Hit me with your hit me with your gripe. <laughs> the McElroy brothers were in this movie. They weren't in this movie, but they were in this movie. Okay. The documentary I... crew was the McElroy brothers. 
a little bit a little bit <laughs> like like dollar store mcelroy brothers i mean okay it, it, yes and no because like the director from the uh from from the documentary crew was played by james urbaniak james urbaniak is a longtime well-known well-established improv comedian and comedic actor who you would probably most likely know from venture bros um i've never watched a movie seen a show anything like that where james urbaniak was in it and i didn't go i really enjoyed james urbaniak in that okay this movie is no exception i didn't know who he was and admittedly he is the the least good fit but the sound guy was absolutely Justin McElroy. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I think the actor who played him was like Frank Cotty from Mad TV in the early 2000s. Okay. Which, you know, just one of those things. Just one of those things. Um, so other than that, um, one of the actresses, um, the one who played the lady who got beheaded was uh-huh. a main series cast member in Criminal Minds. Um, oh, that's why she looked familiar. Yes. Okay. Um, the person who played Bryn, the one who gets turned into a cardboard monstrosity. Uh, uh that's... Yeah, I didn't. But, I I, knew, I remember the cardboard monstrosity. I don't. I didn't. Don't remember who got turned into it. Um, uh, it was like the like boho looking, you know, very twenty tens hipster girl. Okay. Um, she's played by Stephanie Allen, who I very truly mostly know through her improv comedy podcasting work. Um, <laughs> but she's uh she's married to Tig Notaro. Okay. Um, which is cool. Uh, Tignataro is also delightful. Um, Tignataro, probably my third favorite character on, uh, Star Trek Discovery. Um, Stephanie Allen's been in, like, Key and Peele and Kroll Show and, like, done a couple of other things. Definitely an actor in Drunk History a couple of times. Okay. Uh, you know, all that fun stuff that you do when you're a UCB comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she was also in L Word Generation Q for 12 episodes. That's, is that, that sounds like a cross between that show and Star Trek. <laughs> so the L Word plus Star Trek. The, 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 yes, the, the L Word plus what's his fuck who plays Q. I got it. John Delancey. Yes. It's the guest episode. <clears throat> Um, okay, so let's talk about Dave Made a Maze before we... Let's do it. Um, so, our titular character, Dave, the movie starts with, like, a in-media res filming of a documentary-style confessional. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to, like, Dave just sort of doing artist things around the apartment that he shares with his girlfriend. I assume it's his girlfriend. Yeah. And I guess he builds a cardboard maze, and she comes home and finds this small cardboard fort that he's magically made bigger on the inside. She calls all of their friends to be like, hey, something weird is going on. Dave told me not to go in the maze. What he's and done is, yeah, it's, he's, he's done some magic, is what Dave has done. Yeah, I think he has, um, the magic that I think he's done 
is the magic of someone who has to make a change in their life and he made a cardis a cardboard tardis yeah a little bit yeah he did make a cardis um it's definitely so like not from a film analysis standpoint but from like a actual plot standpoint did dave summon a demon Mm. like did he summon a labyrinth demon that used his fears to populate a whimsical cardboard adventure land where it used him and his relationship with others as a way to extract blood for it to feed on. And that's fascinating. I think that would that explanation would go a long way toward uh, shoring up some of the issues I have with Dave as a person. Mm-hmm, Namely mm-hmm. the fact that he populated his whimsical cardboard maze with lethal traps for his friends. So here's what I think it actually is. Dave's maze and this entire movie take place within an existence game. Oh shit. That's why it's so violent. That's why people die so like weird, oh, horror, bloody gory. Fuck. And then they just But everyone kind of treats like it's a... Yeah, people treat it like it's no big deal. That's yeah. why the we magic is able to happen, because they're in a video game. Mm-hmm. It's why when Dave sticks his arm into the cardboard OC, he gets a cardboard hand. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it's that was what was that... visually communicated by that yeah. scene. Is Yeah, I think so. Is he 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 tried to fist his maze and uh got bitten got bit um now, it also explains Dave why after the maze collapsed none of the bodies of his friends were there right because it's all the video game oh my god that also explains why like the first 15 minutes of the movie is like a sort of lobby loading screen situation where they're uh, they're mm-hmm. waiting for the for the lobby to fill up so they can actually start the game. Oh my god, they're they're filling up their raid. <laughs> yeah, it's they're 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 making sure that they have a tank. They re- probably could have used a healer. Mm, yeah, probably would have been you know a good idea. I mean, like this is a this is a very difficult level, right? Because it's everything is a one tap. Uh, yeah yeah that's a fascinating idea for dungeon design though eh like the dungeon where you can only you only win if you get it perfect that sounds absolutely infuriating (laughs) i mean honestly uh, yeah that's that's basically uh final fantasy 14 savage rating in the in the modern day is like there's so many mechanics in those boss fights where if a person fucks it up the entire raid just wipes instantly with no recovery potential yeah that's like uh, you I know hate it. Um, it sucks so bad <laughs> i think that's why i'm glad i don't play mmos and i never got into them the concept of one mistake leading to a raid wipe and then everyone that you're ever friends with being extraordinarily angry at you just yeah. doesn't seem appealing yeah, no. Um you definitely kind of have to approach it with a certain mindset. Yeah. Um so are is it a demon? Is it an existence game? Could be both. It could be both. Um what is with the Mazusi? <laughs> like why is it there? 
<laughs> um, well, is it a lady demon that's hunting him, and that's why the Minotaur is so fucking ripped? That's okay. Cause... This is this is a good question because presumably in the narrative of the show, Dave made this. I wonder if he did or if he was possessed in a sort of fugue state and doesn't know exactly what he made. That's got to be because like he gets lost in his own maze that he made. Because the I think the maze is growing. The maze mm. is alive. That's because at yeah. one point they make it back to the original exit by following the sunflower seeds or something like that. And it turns out that the maze has expanded beyond what the original exit was. Yeah, that's true. So I think it's because the maze is its own thing. Now, yeah. from like a film analysis, why does Dave's maze have a vagina? Um, and here's my thought. It's about his emasculation because he isn't earning money in the relationship as a weird struggling artist. Yeah. Because that's what men like to do in their filmmaking is when someone's emasculated, you symbolize it with a vagina. My my thought was more that, um, like, he's just one of those loser guys who... Oh, right, 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 uh, right, right. He's just sort of doesn't contribute anything to the relationship and constantly fantasizes about other women. That wasn't my read on him. Really? Uh, I hated the man. I think I just... I think it's just that Nick Thune has beautiful eyelashes and I was taken in by his beautiful eyelashes. Mm, that's fair. Oh, I fucking hated him so much. <laughs> yeah, I, it's one of those things, you know? Like, there's um, there's a lot of ways to read this movie that would become much, much, much clearer if we could hear it. Huh fascinating interesting concept is hearing a movie and having that bring more clarity to it i mean you know it's one of the five senses yeah yeah one of one of sort of one of the major ones for conveying information certainly in a lot of cases um except in the case of those old um john waters movies where you get the scratch and sniff stickers <laughs> <laughs> or like Disney 4D, where they spray you with a little bit of, uh, like, a fine mist of water when the dog sneezes on you in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids ride. Ugh. Um, honestly, actually, honestly okay. though, honestly, the, 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 the iteration of that for the, the Avatar ride in Disney World actually whipped us. Yeah, no, like, it's, you know, you start with something silly, and eventually the technology matures as people start to see the vision enacted in more serious ways, right? Like, yeah, you know, so many tabletop RPG concepts have started as, like, here's this joke of a game, uh -huh. but what if we took it seriously? Hmm. And then eventually it matures into something that becomes, like, a big part of the industry. Um, now, I do have a bit of background information. Okay. This comes courtesy of my father-in-law, mm -hmm. who um, gave me some additional information on Smellorama. Um, oh. Reading verbatim from his Discord message, Smellorama was a minor fad in the late 70s, early 80s. There was no indication what each smell was on the card. 
His, uh, so he says, my friend went to see polyester. As a guy was going down on a woman, the number two flashed on the screen. Everyone's scratching away and you hear a fart. Lots of loud moans of disgust at the fart smell that was emanating from their card. <laughs> so uh, it actually peaked there, I think. Yeah, they fucking nailed it. Like, That's, you did it. That's why nobody's done it since then, is because they did it the best it's possible to be done. And everyone looked at that and went, well, we've reached perfection. Which I believe is at least in part a consequence of the technology being put in the hands of John Waters. <laughs> Fuck, that's so good. <laughs> you couldn't get away with that in these days. They wouldn't let you. No. Um, okay, what so like basically I you know, like it, it's it's impossible. You don't go into a cardboard maze like that and start off by having the maze absorb a guy's blood. Yeah. Without knowing, okay, a bunch of people are about to die. Let's oh, try to pick totally, the survivors. It's like it's, it, it. This is I. Okay, I've never seen a cube movie, but this is a cube movie. Yeah, it, it's very much a cube movie. Like it, it follows that same style. I guess that they're called like survival horror. Yeah. Um, they're like yeah. It, it, it's it's interesting. It's like. It's a, it's it's about the desperation. It's about like the fear. The thing I didn't, the thing that makes it less of a cube movie though is the fact that there's a minotaur. That's true. Because the minot, like the actual, the fact that there's an actual monster there, takes away from the um like cubishness of it because yeah, it's less like the impersonal architecture killing people. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, if um, it was a Q-bone, then um a bunch of people would get marrowacked. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I, yeah, um, <laughs> nice. It, it's, it's I I I gave it my best. Um <laughs> So yeah, in in the typical style, um, we watch as the numbers dwindle. Mm-hmm. Um, people die in weird, horrible ways. Uh, Stephanie Allen gets killed by the Minotaur, which I think is what makes it unique, and then is re-rendered in cardboard as a hand puppet that the Minotaur uses to try to manipulate people into falling for another one of the maze's traps. Yeah. That's why she keeps asking for a high five. I, okay, so here's my question. Here's, the, my uh-huh. interpretation of that was not that the Minotaur was, was, manip- was, was puppeting her. More that Dave's hand that he lost had become part of the maze. Oh, hmm. And okay. So like he he got his hand fully cut off and had to cardboardize build his own, a new hand for himself. I thought it was that his hand was magically transformed into cardboard. That's also possible. Um, it's also possible that the cardboard. I guess it's less possible given so the narrative. So the only reason why I think. Initially, I thought the magic of the maze resided in the cardboard hand, and he like mm-hmm. the cardboard hand came first and provided the magic to build the rest of the maze. Ooh, that's fascinating. So, like, the thing that makes me think it was the Minotaur doing the puppeting 
is because um, the Minotaur has very distinctive fingernails okay. and fingertips. Mm-hmm. As shown later on in the movie, you get like a hand close up versus the giant hand that was puppeting the fake Bryn. Uh huh. And it's the same. And same it's fingers. the same hand. Okay. Yeah, it's the same same manicure and everything like that. Pointy claws with blackened fingertips. That makes sense. So that was that was the main connection I made there. Okay. Yeah, I didn't notice that. So that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I think so. Um, basically, the way that the movie ends is, is, as it turns out, the whole time, Dave was carrying a katana. Yes. Like you do. Like you do. And they use the katana after making up. There's like a whole segment where they build like a little zoetrope of... Dave's depression and Dave and Annie's love or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that becomes the heart of the maze. And then they destroy the heart of the maze with a katana. Yeah. Um, and then the maze collapses around them and they emerge from the cardboard. All of them who survived weirdly, not the two people who were sitting there having a picnic at the end of the movie. Didn't they die? Did they die? I didn't. I thought I they must died. Have missed it. I thought one of them got hit. One of them got uh, trip wired and smashed by a big spike wall thing. Or was that a different guy? Different guy. Okay. Maybe yeah, they're they like towards the, the end of the movie as they're like running from the Minotaur. There are two people having like a picnic inside the maze. Maybe the Minotaur just ate like quick stop and ate them. And probably, or they'd accepted the maze too much and become a part of it. Oh, true. That would explain why the maze wasn't killing them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, the, the fascinating thing is that Dave had some amount of power over the maze. Yeah. Like, as like he has the creator's touch. But also, like, it was wrestling with him, kind of. Like, it was still trying to kill him. Yes, because, and I, I think this is very specifically because it's a demon that wants, A, wait, his Cat. blood, and B, his cum. This explains the maze vagina. Yup. It's the Oedipusy. <laughs> it's the Oedipusy. <laughs> and if he, if he to kill fucks it, <laughs> if he fucks it... Um, then his dick is cardboard. Yeah. And then at that point, may as well just throw the rest of yourself in there because you're not, you're not living, you know. I mean, nobody's having I don't fun know with that going. with the paper Nobody's cuts. having fun with the cardboard dick. You can't even jerk off. I mean, he's got, he's got a cardboard hand. He's got a cardboard hand. He'll be fine. Until he gets friction burns and sets his dick on fire. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Um... Yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> Everyone was 14 once. <laughs> okay, do we want to find out what this movie was about? I just want to say real fast that the the props department had so much fun with this. Oh yeah, the props department fucking crushed work. this. Yeah. They did a tremendous job making this look so good. Like, I I hope they got some sort of award for that, because goddamn. Um, they've won a couple of awards for art direction at, like, horror film festivals. Interesting. And various underground film festivals. Underground film festival being a sort of misnomer these days, because they're not underground anymore. And they're actually relatively mainstream, but yeah, like that'll happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know that happened. Okay. Okay. Tell me what this movie's about. 
Dave Made a Maze is a 2017 American fantasy adventure comedy horror film directed by Bill Watterson. Not that Bill Watterson. <laughs> I need to just write up front, not the Calvin and Hobbes guy. I was about to say. And starring, um, uh, let's see, so we can skip the starring. Um, the film centers on the titch. The film centers on the titular Dave who builds a cardboard fort that somehow supernaturally houses an entire labyrinth full of deadly traps and creatures. It premiered at the Slamdance Film Festival January 21st, 2017, where it won Audience Award for Best Narrative. Plot. While his girlfriend Annie is away for the weekend, 30-year-old Dave works fervently on his next big art project. Dave has a habit of not being able to finish anything and is apparently jobless and gets his income from his parents, whom he believes are tired of him. He finally has a breakthrough and begins to build something from the center and work his way out. When Annie comes home, she is surprised to find Dave's project, a small cardboard fort that's supposedly bigger on the inside. Dave, who communicates with Annie from the vents he added, tells her not to enter or destroy his project. When Annie shakes the exterior, she's confused by the abundance of noise and machinery she hears on the inside. Annie calls Gordon, who comes to the same conclusion, and he, in turn, calls several other friends over, including Leonard, Bryn, Greg, Jane, Harry, a filmmaker, along with his boom operator and cameraman. They also randomly bring over a hobo because, quote, he apparently knows about cardboard. (laughs) What? Hobos know about cardboard. Sure. Was the logic there? Sure. Um, sure. I assume the logic stems from one of the various people that Gordon invited, who was kind of a piece of shit, because it seems like everyone Gordon invited sucked a little bit. Yeah. And two Flemish tourists. <laughs> so the Flemish <laughs> tourists were the people picnicking in the maze, I guess. Fascinating. Good for them, or bad for them. <laughs> yeah, depending. they're gone now. Uh, Leonard briefly leaves the apartment in disappointment when he learns they cannot enter. Harry tries to get a reaction out of Annie for a supposed documentary that he's filming. And upon realizing how much she truly cares about Dave, the whole group, minus the homeless person, all enter the maze. Annie, Gordon, Harry, and his crew stick together as they see firsthand the true surreal and supernatural nature of the maze and travel from room to room where they realize it houses living origami birds, and other creatures. Leonard later returns to the apartment, and throughout the film is seen following close behind the group, while the Flemish tourists appear to be simply having a picnic in the maze. Eventually, the main group run into Jane, who, after stepping on a lever, has her head chopped off by an axe, though instead of blood, her body squirts out red yarn and confetti. We didn't talk about that. We did There is no blood in this movie, because it is all replaced by red yarn and confetti. It's delightful. Um, oh, um, also silly string at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg and Bryn find themselves in some catacombs and Greg trips a wire and is impaled by a trap. Bryn meets up with Annie and the rest when they return to, sorry, I misread that. Bryn meets up with Annie and the rest and when they return to Greg, this sentence is badly written. <laughs> I'm just going to read it verbatim. Bryn meets up with Annie and the rest, and when they return to Greg, discover his body is missing. Interesting. Based on the, quote, paint can prints, Gordon deduces that a minotaur took his body away. Annie uses a box cutter to cut through the walls and realizes the maze is alive. As the group jump through the wall, the minotaur kills Bryn. 
The group run into Dave, who leads them to safety. Dave admits he's not sure how the maze came to be how it is, but he knows that it is growing on its own and it might be connected to his imagination. Boring answer. Yes. He insists that they finish the maze so that they can escape, though he's not even sure how. Dave also reveals that his hand is now entirely made out of cardboard due to sticking it into an odd vulva-shaped hole. (laughs) After several other near-deaths, the group realize that they need to attack the maze at its heart, which Dave neglected to make. They reach a strange cardboard puppet version of Bryn who keeps asking for high fives. They immediately realize it's a trap, and Gordon, Harry, and his crew keep it distracted by interviewing it while Dave and Annie go off to find the heart. After another surreal moment of clarity, Dave and Annie manage to make a heart resembling a zoetrope. They cut through the wall, which causes the maze to react. Gordon, Harry, and the crew attempt to catch the fake Bryn, which suddenly produces a giant demonic hand. The hand retreats, but the cameraman is dragged along with it. He tosses the bag of tapes to Harry before dying. The group reunite as Gordon. Yeah, the group reunite as Gordon distracts the Minotaur by leading it away. He passes Leonard, who's killed by cardboard saw blades. Dave, Annie, Harry, and the boom operator set up the heart and, using a katana, slice the heart, causing the walls of the maze to fall entirely. Everyone finds themselves back in the apartment and proceed to clean up all the cardboard. Harry tasks Gordon with telling the families of those who died and asks Dave what they should call the documentary. Dave sarcastically suggests, Dave made a maze, despite Gordon's belief that it was a labyrinth. As Dave and Annie toss the last of the cardboard in the dumpster, they fail to notice the Minotaur climbing out along with an origami bird. The Minotaur walks away while throwing up an I love you sign. The end. Yeah, that's 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 the movie we watched. We did watch that movie. I thought it was pretty good. It, it, I, I enjoyed most of it. There was one like, scene where they uh, encounter the, um, the, the, the hand trap. Mm-hmm. Um, and one by one, all of the guys get step into the room and get mesmerized by it, and then someone has to stop them, and that continues yep. way too many times. Yeah, I, you know, I could have done without that scene. Or at least, That's like, fair. a lot less of that scene. I didn't need to see the exact same thing, like, four times. That, that, that was... That's my biggest complaint about the movie. That's very fair. Um, I think, overall, in terms of, like, just what I thought of... My, my biggest gripe with this movie, I think, is that it... it a little bit, it, like, it moves on a little too quickly from everyone dying... Yeah, that's true. There's no... They just sort of, like, watch him die and then peace out. Yeah, the the deaths don't feel all that horrifying. Not because... Yeah. the Not because of the confetti or anything, because that, you know, like, that, that part can be extremely horrifying yeah. if done well. And it is done well in this case. I, I think um, they could have, like, had people getting increasingly upset and panicky as more of them die. Yeah, everyone was too calm. Yeah. That's yep. that's my main gripe. Yeah. Okay, what reviews you do reviews? you have for us? Oh, I've yes. got some fucking bangers, cat. <clears throat> Azog gives us one star and titles the review Lost in a Maze. And it reads, this, this review is from only a couple weeks ago, November 26th, 2023. This would be a good movie if it was good, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this movie would be good if it was good. 
but it's not. <clears throat> Angela gives it one star and titles the review, When Your Friends Die, Take Out the Recycling. And it reads, This was definitely written by a middle-aged white dude who doesn't exactly get emotions or depth or human connection. Around the third time the protagonist whines about wanting to keep building the thing that's killing his friends, I just got bored. Neat idea, terrible execution. <laughs> that's, that's brutal. I, you know, like... <laughs> At, at, at a certain point, though, you you do gotta. Yeah, you got <laughs> you do you gotta realize that like maybe maybe you don't want your friends to die. Yeah, like it's I guess that does lead lend credence to the like Dave sucks. Yeah, reading of the story. It like um, it, it really like my my impression of the movie by the end of it was that it's one of those like vehicles for a shitty dude to be redeemed in the eyes of his girlfriend. Okay, yeah, I I think when I do sound this movie, because this is a wood sound... Yeah, same. um, I I appreciate that it's a tight 90. Oh, for sure. Not even that. Like, it's like... It's a tight 80. Yeah. Including credits. It's it's the kind of movie that, like, it wants to be just a feature-length movie and nothing else. Yes, it was blessedly short. Sean Barco gives this one star titles the review makes no sense and it reads mm-hmm. there is no explanation how the maze was big inside somebody been huffing that cinema sins <laughs> gas a little too heavy yeah <laughs> take a step back and breathe some fresh air <laughs> please mr sean barco uh, it's a it's a plot hole that they don't explain where the maze's magic comes from. <laughs> Fucking cinema sins, Jesus Christ! Uh, what a. Uh, it's not uh, even like so. You know how like men don't write f- generalized, but like men don't write fan fiction. They make theory YouTube videos. Uh huh. That review seems like it comes from a guy who makes like horror movie theory YouTube. Hmm. They're all, like, two hours long and get, like, three views, but he's been doing it for 19 years. Yes. And at a certain point, you do have to respect the dedication to the craft of making crap. Yeah. You know, how long have we been doing this? Uh, Like, a a few few years, yeah. Like, we're coming up on... Because we launched in, We started in 2020. 2020, yeah. So we've been doing this, like, it was, like, January of 2022, right? It's, uh, I want to say it was towards the end of the year, maybe more. I don't remember. Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, Give me 35 seconds. Okay. Start counting. One, two, three, four, five. I'm done. Okay. That was less than 35. I'm aware. Do you want to use the rest, the rest of your 35 seconds for something else? Yes. Okay. The episode one trailer for Unsound Theories, the first thing that was uploaded to our podcast feed. Okay. Released January 1st, 2020. Damn. The first episode of Unsound Theories released January 8th, 2020. Uh, okay. We are recording this on January 1st, 2020. Four. Thank you. Don't um, <laughs> imagine. No, we're recording this on January first, twenty twenty four. 
exactly four years from when the first thing was uploaded to our podcast feed. That's... So, really, we've also been dedicated to making a special kind of crap for four years. (laughs) Yeah, but we did take a pretty chunky break in the middle there. Yeah, um, you know, I think, um, God, remember the two episodes where we actually made trailers? Yeah. Remember how in January we watched a Christmas movie for our second episode? (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, yeah, yeah, we did do that, didn't we? Remember how Emma kept giving us musicals? There was a whole run where there was supposed to be a link between each of the each of the movies that only Emma knew, and we never found out what that was. <laughs> and I doubt Emma knows anymore. There's no, I I think we've asked before, <laughs> almost assuredly, but I don't remember. Uh, yeah, no, this this show has evolved. The show has evolved, and in many ways, stayed the same. Yeah. Um, speaking for example, of, speaking of 2020, I have another review. Oh, I was going to just okay. give the example of how the show has changed by the fact that we haven't done an intro in like five or six episodes. <laughs> it's a, it's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> There's a in, reason. There's, do we want to let people in on the secret reason we haven't been doing intros? Was the secret reason that we were going to do an Oops All Intros episode where we just record a bunch of intros? Yes. <laughs> because that seems unlistenable. <laughs> yeah. I'm not putting... It's like... It's like... It's like Endless 8 from Mel- Melancholy of Haruhi <laughs> but worse... Because the only thing that changes is like occasionally. We should probably occasionally... start doing intros then. I mean, look, here's the thing. Um, do we want to right now go back and do a couple of intros just for the purposes of making sure that each episode has an intro, even if we don't actually put them into that episode. Okay, so, okay, what if from now on we just record two intros per episode, an intro for that episode, and an intro for a previous episode that was skipped? That way, it's not a whole run of unlistenable bullshit, but we do still catch up on intros after a few hold episodes. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. A whole run of unlistenable bullshit is the entirety of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> There should be no problem with putting out an Oops All Intros episode. So I think we have to go back to Penguin Highway, which is episode 49. Okay. So that means we have one, two, three, four, five episodes where we didn't record an intro. Uh, Six of you include this one, unless we want to get two intros out of the way right here, right now. There was one where we didn't record an intro, but in the next one, we recorded an intro for the previous one and the one we were on. But I don't remember which one. I don't remember either. We can go back and check. Um, I guess add an hour of unedited audio it's weird to just to start doing intros <laughs> yeah yeah a little like, bit especially since it starts with hello yeah that's a good point okay we're, we're, you know okay. what just hit me with the next review okay <laughs> um <clears throat> our next review comes to us courtesy of m marshall he gives the movie one star and titles the review this movie and the review reads gave me coronavirus 
<laughs> I, yeah, you know, um, some people shouldn't be allowed to write Amazon reviews. Yeah, uh, we've got some of those coming up. <laughs> anyway, uh, Kutzel gives it two stars, titles the review, Fun But Meh. And it reads, really lost me in the middle. The story doesn't build. It lays down and dies, looking up, e- looking up at you with big sad eyes. Lots of fanboy slash manboy crap, which is all a shame because the premise is so great. Really wanted to like it. And the effects were pretty cool until they weren't. You know, that's the most earnest and well thought out review I think we've had so far. So far. Um, I can't find much reason to supremely disagree with it. Yeah. Fergold gives it four stars, titles review not bad, and it reads, Sort of like an adult wanted to write a story about failing at life aimed at a nine-year-old, then asked the kid to tell it back. (laughs) Incredibly brutal for a four-star review. Brutal. Brutal four stars. (laughs) Wilderness gives it four stars, titles review quirky and hilarious, and it reads, I really enjoyed this. A great metaphor for what it is life to figure out how to adult in the complicated 21st century. Stephen Allen gives Um, it four stars. A title's review, fun Saturday afternoon How does he spell Allen? A-L-L-E-N. And it's a P-H Stephen. Okay. Um, And this person understands our podcast on a spiritual level because the review reads, reading the comments of the low star reviews are amusing too. That was the review? That's the review. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, Amazon customer gives it four stars, titles, review, thumbs up emoji, and it reads, funny but weird. Did you blank my wife? You know, um, I probably would have done it. (laughs) Right, like, you know, someone who spends his free time writing Amazon movie reviews. Yeah. Wife probably isn't getting it enough. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, that guy's wife, call me. (laughs) Zachariah Smith gives this a five-star review and titles it, It's Not a Maze, and it reads, Spoiler alert, the maze is a metaphor for metaphors about mazes. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) iCormac gives this five stars, titles the review, I found a new quote-unquote favorite movie. I have no words to successfully tell you how much awesome this movie is. You just, it's, well, you know. You need this movie. High five. Oh, God. Is this going to be one of those Unsound Theories quizzes where you ask when it was written? No. Okay, thank God. There's, we, it, we, don't have a, we don't have a temporal mystery today. <laughs> it reeks of 2010s. <laughs> like, it kind of does. It's, yeah. it's five steps away from saying, you have won the internet, good sir. <laughs> it's like... Oh, God. It's like maybe a foot and a half away from asking... When the narwhal bacons. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. It, it's like, it, it's it's one of those situations where you, you just know this person spends too much time on Reddit mm-hmm. and thinks themselves eloquent because of it. Yeah. Well, speaking of, <sighs> final review from MJ Hines. <laughs> Titles, five stars, titles it, wow, interesting. And this, I just, I just as a note, this review is a, a work of art. <laughs> oh, 
I am delighted. <laughs> the review reads, <clears throat> FAQ with answers. One, so the character dimensions follow the complexity slash organicness slash timbre of the maze? Looks like it. 2A, what should I do if I think it starts a little shallow and not good quirky feeling or hate all of the people except the, the cameraman? Please wait it out. 2B, will I start to not think the actors are all very frustrated people? Wait like just slightly longer. Three, it looks fun and oddly beautiful to have made? Yeah, that helps. Four, is the comedy the point, or is this some masterful use of multiple synchronistic change patterns in the way the actor's set, dialogue pattern, and mood can all change at the same time or serially to give you some really rapid depth? Both. And neither. D. Final answer. I liked it. Um, okay. <laughs> I love that we have an FAQ and all of the questions are just a question mark at the end of uh, this guy's thought about the movie, and then the answer is yep. <laughs> it it's it's a remarkable format that he stumbled <laughs> upon. It's so good. I think all movie reviews need to be this. Next time I write a review for a movie or a game, I will write it in the form of an FAQ. <laughs> but, but none of the questions can be, like, questions. No, they all have to be my opinion, followed by a question mark, and then a response of, yes. <laughs> it's almost like he's doing, he's doing more of a checklist than an opinion. Or, like, an FAQ. It's like... Uh, thing that I like about movies, uh, check. <laughs> thing that I like about movies, double check. <laughs> it's so good. Good God. <laughs> okay, so can I hit you with some of Johnny TV's other wrestling names? Yes. Because he has an extensive list. Please do. So, he's wrestled as John Morrison, mm -hmm. Johnny Blaze, Mm -hmm. Johnny Caballero, mm -hmm. Johnny Elite, Johnny Fusion, Johnny Hardy, Johnny Impact, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Superstar, Johnny TV, and, quote, various other ring names. I wonder if all of those various other ring names start with Johnny. In fact, they do. Johnny Blackcraft, Johnny Down Under, Johnny Foxwoods, Johnny Progress, Johnny Ultra, and Johnny <laughs> Onyx. Why didn't they just list all of those also? Um, because it's listed in a footnote <laughs> so that the info sidebar was not too long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a cool guy. Yeah. Oh, no, he's, he's actually quite, he's, he's quite cool. Do you think at some point, okay, what if they, what if they made a remake of Johnny Lingo and Johnny Lingo was played by this guy? I, you know, I think you'd have sold me on it. <laughs> Have you ever seen Johnny Lingo? No. Oh my god. It's it's certainly something. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a link to it for you cuz it's um it's it's something. It's sure something. Um so yeah, uh John Morrison aka Johnny TV aka Johnny Lingo aka Johnny English <laughs> aka um WWE prospect John Hennington, or sorry, John Hennigan, um, also on the 37th season of Survivor. 
It was Hell yeah. the tri- the tribes were broken up into David and Goliath. <laughs> I I found Johnny Lingo for you. Uh, I'm not gonna make okay. you watch it on the record because it's 23 minutes long. Um. Yeah. Okay. I I see what we're talking about. I get it. Okay. Um. Weirdly, also on that season, um, the guy who played Jack Black's brother in School of Rock. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the actor's name is uh, Mike White. Um, he currently writes and directs White Lotus, um, which weirdly also n- not the first person to go from Survivor to show running a streaming uh, prestige drama. <laughs> Interesting. Because another former Survivor contestant, uh, Rafe Judkins is the showrunner for the Amazon series. I can't remember if it's Amazon or not. The Wheel of Time TV series. Oh. Emma informs me it's Amazon. I, I watched the first season of that, and it's actually really good. And uh, gayer right. than the books. <laughs> yes, definitely gayer than the books. Um, okay. I currently have stomach ache, and um, also I'm tired. Would you like to call it here? Let's do it. We already gave our we we both would sound. I might do would sound. Yeah, yes. I might I might sound it like as soon as we hit stop. Maybe we'll see. Maybe maybe. Okay. Um. Thanks for listening. We sure didn't. Goodbye. Bye bye. Unsound Theories is made by Danger Square Productions. You can follow us on Tumblr at Danger Square Media, or follow Kat and Kira on their respective Tumblrs at ZaftiCat, that's Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T, and Sapphire-Mess. The best ways to support what we do are leaving five-star reviews on the podcatcher of your choice, or telling a friend about the show. If you'd like to support us monetarily to help us keep the lights on, you can visit dangersquare.ca, where you'll find links to our Patreon. The music used in this episode is Dance on All the Cell Phones by Chris Postel of Sounds Like an Earful. Visit soundslikeanearful.com to hear more of Chris's tracks. Until next time, thanks for listening, because we sure didn't. <laughs>